Hello, and welcome to the Deep Bible Studies Podcast, where we discover, explore, examine, and practice the Word of God. I am your host, Claudia Rivera Guevara, and today we will be going through John 6, 22 through 31, part 2. And so let's just get right started with the passage, I am the bread of life. On the next day, the crowd that remained on the other side of the sea saw that there had been only one boat there and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone away alone. On the other boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got into the boats and they went to Capernaum seeking Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Jesus very explicitly points out to the crowd their heart's desires, which is for them to fulfill their needs, which we saw was physically with food, social and politically against Rome. Those were the desires because they had been oppressed for many years. They didn't want him for who he is, or for his message. They wanted the superficial provisions, which are not superficial because of what Christ did, but instead they are superficial because their desire was only physical and momentary to fulfill the need and their wants, which Jesus says in Matthew 6 that this is not what his own people will desire. So verse 27 says, Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. So in Matthew 6, 35-33, Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about anything. Do not be anxious about your life. What will you eat or what will you drink? Nor about your body. What will you put on? Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his lifespan? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of fields, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek First, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you. This isn't an invitation to be lazy, because like the crowds from the passage, this crowd failed to seek the eternal and spiritual value of the kingdom of the Father in the everyday physical things. They thought it to be a physical and earthly kingdom, and though it one day will be physical, but this kingdom is a gift to those who believe wholeheartedly and witness to the Son of God for what he has done on that cross in his sacrifice. Verse 28 then says, Then they said to him, What must we do to be doing the works of God? It is clear to see here that the crowd was thinking that God required a specific performance, 
a deed, a work, and they saw themselves capable of doing this to earn everlasting life. But Jesus, he answered them, this is the work of God that you believe in him who he has sent. So because the crowd greatly understood what Christ had said in verse 27, and again sought to know what to do to gain this everlasting life, Jesus reminds them that their extreme focus in material blessings is not the end-all be-all. This quote-unquote work God requires is to believe in his son. Faith in the Messiah, that's basically it. And this is not a mere prayer, no, instead, this is a genuine repentance, brokenness over sin, a realization that you have sinned against a holy God and that you pale in comparison to his son. Understand what that means eternally, that you will enjoy the creator forever because of what he has done, not because of what you can do. And this, all of us, enemies of God, that's what we are. And yet I love this hymn. It's called, All I Have is Christ. Listen carefully to what the lyrics say. I once was lost in darkest night, yet thought I knew the way. The sin that promised joy and life had led me to the grave. I had no hope that you would own a rebel to your will. And if you had not loved me first, I would refuse you still. But as I ran my hell-bound race, indifferent to the cost, you looked upon my helpless state and led me to the cross. And I beheld God's love displayed. You suffered in my place. You bore the wrath reserved for me. Now all I know is grace. Hallelujah. All I have is Christ. Hallelujah. Jesus is my life. I just got teary from that. <laughs> I mean, I, I just, I could never explain it as beautifully as the word of God could. That is God's salvation, true salvation, and the only salvation for guilty sinners whom he loves. Charles Spurgeon once said, I know that some of us have asked, is that all we have to do to be saved? Are we simply and only to believe Christ? That is, entrust ourselves to him? Yes. That is all. And it is so small an act that even the most uneducated heart can perform it. Yet within it are inconceivable mysteries of goodness. What is more, all the graces come out of faith in due time, for faith sums up the whole of the Christian heart. The genuinely saved heart, the one who entrusts themselves upon Jesus, as the quote said, will have enduring faith and perseverance will be the proof of salvation. And this can be seen in Matthew 5, 13 through 16, that says, you are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world, a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who's in heaven. This is what genuine faith will do. Because wherever faith in Christ is, there is light. Because genuine faith is God's work on a lowly sinner, a work of grace and love. There is no darkness. Because of his sacrifice on that cross in taking our punishment and his resurrection, we are turned from darkness to light. Jesus said it himself that those who walk with him 
him would not walk in the darkness because the light cannot be with darkness. So can we be full of ourselves? Absolutely not. This light, this salvation is the grace of God and we cannot even boast about faith because it is his own gift so that we might know him and that he may be the Lord of our lives and obedience from that faith will go hand in hand. We see the perseverance of genuine faith in this passage so clearly and Charles Spurgeon once explained it, genuine faith in Christ turns a person from darkness to marvelous light and transforms him into light in the Lord so that the light forth from the window as to be seen by others. The believer is appointed to be a lighthouse to others, a cheering lamp and a guiding star. Emphasis on this, his light will be increased as he learns more about Christ. So let's really quickly finish off this chunk of the passage. Verse 30 says, So they said to him, Then what sign do you do that we might see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate manna in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. You can find more information on our website, www.deepbiblestudies.com, where you will also find the calendar to go along with the book that we will be studying. You can also find us on Instagram, at Deep Bible Studies, and Facebook, where you can know every single time we post a new podcast. Also, we have an email, contact at deepbiblestudies.com, where you can ask us any questions and we will be sure to get back to you. I hope you have a wonderful day and see you next time.